My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org, a nonprofit member-supported radio station. We're millions strong, with folks tuning in from over 200 countries. We are education. We are entertainment. We are the future of food. May is our membership drive. Become a member and support us while receiving e-newsletters, advanced invites, special discounts, and a membership card. We need your support. Visit our website and click the donate button to become a member today. Thank you for believing in us, and enjoy the show. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show, spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one, two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza, your hosts... Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. I don't know why it made me laugh so hard today. <laughs> because we're pizza whores. <laughs> yeah. And we're not even getting free pizza today. It's well, it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day and um Why do you bring that up? You know my mother's dead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it's Mother's Day. But look, it's very quiet here today because all the kids are usually here at home visiting their parents and thanking their moms for keeping them afloat. <laughs> yeah, getting a, getting an extra little check in the uh the, the trust fund this month. It's uh very nice. You know, um Speaking of mothers, how do I make the segue from Mother's Day to punk rock? Mother! (laughs) With a little Danzig. Yes. He's your homeboy, right? I love him. (laughs) Um, I used to love him. But uh, we uh, let's introduce our guests because I'm sure they're going to want to say something about what you're about to bring up, which I have had a preview of. Yes, and, the, and you were ranting and raving, as was your main man, uh, Spiro. What's, What's up, his man? last name, Mike? This is a big Greek thing. <laughs> Panasopoulos. <laughs> Who was uh, here Spell once before it. visiting us with his, uh, with his musical rock band. You have uh, a, a rock yeah, band. Yeah, I'm uh, the bass player for Girl the Gorilla. Hardest working bar band in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Hardest working band at autos, anyway. Exactly. And we'll be hearing from them a little bit later. And our good friend, Paul Gerard. From Exchange Alley. Hi, Paul. Hey, everybody. Exchange Thank Alley, you. an excellent uh, restaurant um, down in the East Village. Ninth Street in the East Village. Uh, Ninth Street, and uh, which I, I love, by the way. So I went the other night to the uh, Punk uh, Chaos to Couture you went to the Met Ball, the Mike? Met. I didn't go to the... You know, oddly, I, I wasn't invited for all my punk rock... Do they rock, know who you are? For all my punk rock bona fides. No, those motherfuckers. You know, I'll tell you, the the um, exhibition itself didn't piss me off the way I expected it to. You know? In fact, uh, my cultural attache said, you're getting angry because you weren't angry enough. And it's true. <laughs> I, did, I, 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 did, I did go there to get kind of pissed off. And truly, it's kind of underwhelming in some ways. The exhibition itself, the Vivian Westwood stuff was really strong. The original stuff... 
the stuff that's you know quote unquote inspired by it. I think it's kind of lame. What was Jay Z wearing? Yeah, well, I wasn't at the ball. He wasn't actually there with the hoi polloi the night I was there, just walking through, uh, you know, the exhibition. But the ball itself, I know you were as pissed off as I was. So were you, Spiro? Because I don't need to be reminded that there's an aristocracy in this country for, for, for one. Okay, and when you know when I see the self anointed royalty trying to, I mean, they've already co opted everything they can, but trying to pretend to get into the culture of yeah. the plebs that would be us and our punk rock. I mean, I mean it really pisses me off. Right? It, it just feels like the whole thing was curated by the marketing director of Hot Topic. You know, I'm like, I just, I don't freaking understand it. I mean, it's punk. At least me growing up and loving punk rock music, man. It was about you know being Fuck thirty you. and 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 you know being down and and. Yeah, puke and blood and pus. Well, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. fun. I mean, I mean, I mean, what you say is, you know, um, for better or worse, part of the stereotype of like people puking in airports and gouging themselves with safety pins. But to me, there was like a great DIY spirit. It was it was a lot yeah. of it was fun. It was you didn't have to be good. You didn't have to be part of something. You didn't have to be privileged. You just had to be into it. Yeah, you didn't have to be the pretty people. You didn't have to be the popular people. You didn't have to be anything other than. Angry, pretty much. And well, there, there were a couple good examples there. There was Vivian Westwood looking cool wearing Bradley Manning well, the, pin Vivian Westwood should be the <laughs> she should be the queen of that ball. She should have been. And Xandra Rhodes, wacky old broad, wacky old designer, looked like a lunatic. I applaud that. Even Madonna, who looked like a mental case. You know, well, she kept with the spirit, and she, she, was, kept, a, she was around but then. she was there. She was much closer yeah. to the spirit, but Vivian Westwood was largely shunned, from what I understood, at the party. The paparazzo didn't really want to take pictures of her. They probably old. didn't know who she was. Well, yeah. Yeah, she was wearing the crazy Bradley Manning button because she was making a political statement, God forbid, at a punk rock right. ball. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the same thing as how it is in food now. They're saying that food is the new rock and roll. I saw that. But it's pop. It's all pop. You know, we're represented by, like, housewives and buffoons. And, you know, it's just it, well, it has nothing to do with rock and roll. There's nothing to do with drug sex and rock and roll. It's top 40. It's well, all top 40. Well, the concept of rock star has shifted so dramatically over the years. I mean, let's not forget rock and roll itself was a political statement. I mean, before punk rock, just to say that you liked the Rolling Stones in 1966 right. and didn't like the Beatles, mm-hmm. that was a political statement. Just, you know, to wear a Black Sabbath t-shirt at some point was definitely positioning yourself, you know, against a lot of the pop world. And, you know, you're making a statement with that shit. Right? But, okay, the, going back to food, we have a restaurant guy here. Like, you're like, Mr. You're like a rock dude. But then we have, like, Anthony Bourdain, who I'm sorry, is kind of like. He wears it, but I don't believe it from him. Hmm. Really, Judy? Bring it. I don't, I don't really like him. I used to love him. But um, I think he's. I, I, I he's think there comes a time when, when you get assimilated, you know, and I, I, it, it would be very easy for me to sit here and kind of go off on him. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for controversy. I, I, here. I, think, I think there's a time, you know, where you go from, you know, you, you become uh, you become a celebrity, you know, and last he's time I saw him in Miami, he was wearing the you know, white pants and a pastel blue shirt, but he was still drinking a Pabst. Holding on to that blade of grass uh, so you don't fall off the rock and roll earth. Well, you know, I like Rodan very much, and I think his you know his first book, Kitchen Confidential, was a very important book. Obviously, right. he was the first one like it. Don't forget, him. he's talking about like doing dope, and he loves the Dead Boys. I mean, talking about punk rock, there's a lot of it in that in that book. It's very much the, the spirit of things, and his you know telling all and sort of like pulling down. Uh, the veil ripping off the sheet yeah, of his business, which pissed off a lot of people. Which pissed off business. a lot of people, and you know, hey, if you're not pissing somebody off, that you're just not trying hard enough, right? Well, you know, there's there's a certain there's a certain element of you know, like that was ours. You know, cooking was the only thing that would have me. You know, it was full of miscreants and malevolent people, and we were all just angry and alcoholics and fucked up. And there was a lot of that, but there was also a lot of dedication. You know, there were a lot of people who were working their asses off to perfect the food that they were doing. And he threw a lot of us under the bus. He, op- he pulled back the curtain, 
you know, and that pissed off a lot of fucking people, you know, and it still does, you know. But what, to, what about the shellfish thing? Like, that was the, the thing I took away from the book. Like, don't order don't fish. Don't order Sundays and Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell yeah, me. Yeah, there, there was a lot of that there, you know. And right. I mean, it doesn't happen like that anymore because now you can get everything every day. Okay, good. Know, I can have oysters. No, but that's true. The, yeah. the world has changed. A lot of those rules don't, don't, right. you know, don't work as much as they used to. The kitchens of New York, compared to the 80s and 90s, it's a totally well, different Food world. got very good. What I was saying before about the shifting, uh, what it means to be a rock star, it's no longer just rock and roll. I mean, now we throw the word around rock star. Right. You know, for, 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 any, for, for anybody yeah, who's mean, sort of a celebrity, anybody who's kind of a yeah, stud in the profession. guys all of a yeah. sudden are rock stars, you know? I mean, right. like tech guys. Which I'm saying it doesn't like, mean yeah. anything anymore. But there's nobody throwing TVs out of windows, you know? Yeah. It's just not happening <laughs> well, anymore. I'm glad about you know? that. Let me, let me tell not, you something. I'm don't, not glad about Don't knock it till you've tried it because there is nothing like the sound of like a 26-inch RCA color track, exactly. you know, hitting I like in the air shaft, fourteen stories down. Okay, I hear you, and I speak from personal experience. I do too. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Oh, this is like a guy thing. I've never had an urge to hurl any appliance out the window except for Spiro's cell phone. I did threaten that. I've grabbed it and threatened. I think it starts that, early because if I remember correctly, me and Paul were in high school. We used to throw all the chairs out the window, the textbooks. Yeah, everything. The, teacher, the teachers would. Me and me and him grew up together actually, and the teachers would come in and there'd be this empty class. And all, we'd all be standing around like we didn't do anything. <laughs> I love hearing these two talk because there was a story in the Times yesterday about how the the New York accent is disappearing. I do not find that to be true. Oh, forget about it. Judy actually does. Me Don't make doing, us mad. It comes out worse. Yeah, Judy does me doing a Brooklyn accent better than I actually do my Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Judy, what the fuck? <laughs> Judy, come on, this is killing me. It's like it's like the Hollywooders over here. I want a chocolate. I want a beer. <laughs> Well, lately it's been coffee. Well, you know, spe- spe- speaking of throwing TVs out of windows, I mean, I still think there are certain riffs that, you know, it's a matter of the execution. It's the singer, you know, not the song sometimes. You know, things that just never get tired when they're done right. Right. The missionary position and fried chicken come to mind. Right. And I'm segueing into your menu. This is my, this is my big segue into your menu. I love the jambalaya balls, by the way. Before I was at your restaurant, I didn't even know jambalaya's had balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to kill a lot of jambalayas to get all those balls. But um, you, it's obviously a New Orleans uh, cuisine to some degree, right? Inspired. Uh, yeah, I how, call do, it, how, do, how do we describe it? I call it Brooklyn to Bourbon Street. It's everything that, you know, I've been cooking for 30 years. I started in the business when I was 13 years old. Um, and, you know, like I said before, it was one of those businesses that, you know, it was the only place that would have me. You know, you could go in there and you could be who you wanted to be. And they would just chuck you, they'd chuck you in the back and they would leave you there alone. But it turned out that I loved it. I loved being there, and I, and I was inspired by a lot of the guys there. And they were doing the same things then that the guys were doing in music. You know, like they were actually living like rock stars then. They were partying their asses off, but they were working really hard, and they were very dedicated to what they were doing. It was like they were doing their scales. You know, they were learning classic French technique, and they were working very hard. So when I finally moved to New Orleans, I stayed there for about 15 years and worked and, you know, uh, stayed and partied with a parade of success stories. And... Now, after 30 years in the business, my style has become everything from Brooklyn to Bourbon Street. I take a lot of the best things from everything that, that I experienced. We were, we were talking before when you were uh, starting out, the guys in the line where you were cooking, it was like a rogues gallery, it was a real murderer's row Absolutely. of superstars. Who, who were you working with? Uh, when I it was on to, the line before anybody really became rock stars. Yeah, we were all <laughs> line cooks together. I worked at Bayona, Susan Spicer's place, and I was there with uh, John Harris of Lillette, who's my partner in Exchange Alley. Uh, Donald Link of uh, Koshan and Herb Saint and uh, Billy Brightson of the, the famed Brightson family down in New Orleans. We were a bunch of rogues. It was great. <laughs> I mean, um, I really, I do like the way you sort of 
like rice balls are kind of a Brook. I think they're Brooklyn. At least that's what the only Very place Brooklyn I've thing. ever had them. And you made them. When I used to work at a pizzeria. People would come in and say, "You have rice balls?" I'd say, "Do I look like I have rice balls?" Well, I mean, the, thing about <laughs> but, the, the but jokes you got your never big end. Yeah, well, I got Paulie's big, big brajol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get the. You start with the balls. My and, whole and menu. Then you go for a brajol. I mean, that's the, the whole menu. I got the hard herb hanger, Paulie's big brajol, <laughs> the salty balls, <laughs> dirty gravy. It just never ends. <laughs> and then the best thing of all is the French fry po' boy. The best, like, spe- the first time I saw it, I had to have it, and Spirit's like, oh, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. Like, guess who gobbled half of it? Yeah. But yeah it's, it's, it's like a heroin And, and now I have it every Saturday. But, 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 you know, but that's real Newark style, right? We're talking about putting potatoes on sandwiches. That's like Jersey City, man. Well, it's- the original Po' Boy, when uh, when it started in New Orleans, the, the streetcar drivers went on strike. And when they would go to the Po' Boy shops, the people would see the strikers coming, and they'd say, here comes a Po' Boy. And they couldn't afford meat, so they would just shove the potatoes into the bread. And that the original po' boy was a French fry po' boy. Oh, they, I didn't they know used, that. Yeah, they used to call it a loaf, though, like an oyster loaf. Or, Delicious. An yeah. oyster loaf, you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, how are the oysters in New Orleans uh, these days? I was down there a few months ago, and I was uh, guzzling a few over at uh, Acme for yeah. breakfast, as, as, as my want. Um, <laughs> post all the oil spills and hurricanes, what's, uh, what's yeah, the seafood they, they, situation the Gulf, in New Orleans? The Gulf is, the Gulf is uh, good, you know, that... The Gulf is so huge. That was just a drop in the bucket, you know. And uh, a lot of people, I had Gulf oysters on the on the menu, and uh, I had Gulf shrimp on the menu. And people didn't want to eat them because they were afraid of the spill. But it really is just a drop in the bucket. And the seafood industry needs people to support it down there. Yeah, everything I had down there was was, was fantastic. I mean, I never really worried. I mean, some people I think are a little snooty about Gulf oysters in the first place. Yeah, and they rather get stuff from either the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast. Right. Um, how do you feel about the Gulf oysters relative to say? I love the Blue Points too. I always try to buy local, you know, yeah. oysters, you know, from off of Long Island and uh, Rhode Island. Close yeah. to us, I think they're great. I think you know New Orleans oysters. They are they are what they are. They are they're big and they're you know they're, they're yeah. huge and sometimes they're hard to suck down. But you got to get it in you. You know, like everything yeah, else yeah. in New Orleans, it's like Paulie's you know, big brujol. Take it on the chin, you know. No, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Paulie's big brujol. Yeah, get it in you. Open wide and get it in you. <laughs> like Paulie's big brujol. Like Paulie's big brujol. <laughs> hey, what? Um, why don't we take a break? I think we got some girl to grill coming up. Spiro, what do we got? Uh, not sure. It's something from our first album. Though we're working on a second. Uh, I believe it's a song called Cemetery. All right, uh, here we are on the Mike and Judy Show. Here's Girl to Girl. See you guys in a second. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today.
God, that band is so good. That bass. That bass is so good. I'm moistening. <laughs> You're ready for Paulie's Big Brazil. <laughs> now, now, they're friends. In the room. In the room. <laughs> now, um, thank you, Spiro. I believe you have an event coming up that we're going to plug here. Uh, well, yeah, actually, we have. Is that what event. they call rehab these days? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> no, um, so we have a. An event at Grand Victory, me and Rob Johnson, the one of the founders of Scenic NYC, are having a little I Am the New Williamsburg party, which is dedicated to certain individuals in this neighborhood who um, think that Williamsburg has changed completely and we want to defy this. We don't think it's changed completely. We still think it's it's got its weirdness, it's got its artiness, it's got its strangeness, it's got its independent uh, spirit, and uh, we are going to do our best to um, make fun of and... Um, Vilify these people. But so wait, wait, are, you, are you inviting the dirty ones and the outlaws and the, the, all the Puerto Rican <laughs> wait, wait, motorcycle gangs? Wait, 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 isn't this whole uh, hipster, so-called hipster phenom? I guess I got to put that in quotes. So that word's been so overused; it means hardly anything anymore. But isn't that originally the idea? Is about like being arty and independent, and you know, kicking off the shackles of corporate oppression but, and sort of this year's but, model of but, punk rock and art students? I know it's probably better funded than we were. Probably, but isn't it an idea? world that's what this is about and yeah, we're, the, we're, so so what is this it's still weird I mean, I mean here's, here's didn't the, the nascent hipsters make it weird and sort of bring well, some it, action to this part part this is an anti-hipster yeah. party well, this well is, no no this isn't an anti-hipster party per se this is it's going to be on Memorial Day May 27th just so you know um, but it's once upon a time all we had to uh, argue about I'm sorry all we had to complain <laughs> about was hipsters like, like, oh, those dang hipsters, all oh, those hipsters, all those artists, all oh, those musicians, whatever. Now it's, you know, baby stores and nannies. Now we you know? wish there were people talking about <laughs> their like, stupid art gallery. You know, it's yeah. like, I want to go to the artisanal napkin store, you know? It's like, it's gotten ridiculous. It's condos. It's, and it's it, sports bars. And sports bars. Yeah, and that- then... Yeah, that's oh, that's my sports, sports bars. Because yeah. I mean, you guys live in Williamsburg, and you know, you walk around I live here, in East Village. and you, you, well, you know, Same I live, you know, I live in the tiny little hamlet of Kipps Bay, which yeah. was, if you look nice. at the map in the back of a of a New York taxi, is still just a gray area right. between uh, Murray Hill and Gramercy. There's no actual name for my neighborhood; it's just a gray area right. to show you how much respect like my my street gets. Um, I was hoping. When I moved there, the Gramercy would move north, maybe, or, or hopefully Chelsea would move east. I was hoping my neighborhood would turn gay because that's my—that's the sound of my property value going that's through the roof and beautiful brunch places opening up, and it would have been wonderful. But instead, Murray Hill came south. Okay, <laughs> okay. You're surrounded by PR girls, right. <laughs> brand Fra- builders, boys, you know, <laughs> brand builders you know, walking around with their open the, laptops, the post frat assholes, and now it's like just you know, it's like like Third Avenue up on my house is like asshole alley. It's just cool one big hunters. fucking sports bar. After enough, you know, there are probably more giant screen TVs per capita, you know, yeah. per you know square foot. It's like Hoboken, yeah, it's fucking awful, you know. So I come here, I'm like, oh look, you know, like like people who are artists and trying to maybe they're you know maybe they're buying into the whole thing, maybe they're buying their punk rock fashions and hot topic, but it's a lot better than like these douchebags wearing Notre Dame t-shirts and flip flops when it's thirty degrees outside. Agreed, oh, agreed. And but see, that's what we're getting. That's what the neighborhood the neighborhood is changing into. That I mean, you know, I think the problem the the, the problem with the whole thing of New York today, and this is one of the things that really irks me is that people used to come to New York to do whatever their town that they grew up in wouldn't let them do. Yes. And now they want to bring that here. You know, like, I get it. Your grandmother makes fantastic macaroni and cheese. Let your fucking grandmother make it. You know, like, have a slice of pizza and shut the fuck up and fly your fucking freak flag. You know, like this fucking Little Wisco thing that we were talking about. You know, they, they want to change. Do you know what that is, Mike? Little Wait. Wisco? No, no, no. 
Tell them. It's like a group of restaurateurs in, in, in the village, in Greenwich Village, that they want to change the name of it to Little Wisco. What? You know, Wisconsin. it's like it's the fucking village. What? You know, like if you what? want like a little piece of bushwick. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> They want to change the name of Greenwich Village? Yeah, they want everybody well, to know scenario. it as Little Wisco. What little fucking Wisconsin. For? You know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you little Wisconsin. <laughs> <You know? laughs> is that what it like, stands for? Oh, yeah. yeah. Bob Dylan created everything he did in Little Wisco. <laughs> you know, like, are you fucking yeah, kidding yeah, me? Like yeah, the yeah, cultural yeah. and political hub of everything, you know? It's the fucking village. You know, that shit gets me. That that gets me. You know, everybody wants to create their little Midwest. West in Brooklyn. Well, you know, you New know? York, one reason I think we came here, uh, Judy Ray, is because New York was horrifying to the people we were trying to get away from. They weren't going to cross the river. Okay, right. The Hudson River, the East River, this was like a moat around our castle. Exactly. And it kept away exactly. you know, the, the square people that we didn't want to see because New York wasn't really very welcoming to them. Right. But over the years, you know, since it turned into a shopping mall in Manhattan, um, it's now welcoming to exactly the people I was trying to run away from. And exactly the people I was trying to run away from are too often the only people who can afford to even live here anymore right. because the artists and you know the reprobates and the poets down on their luck and the filmmakers who hadn't yet make it, you know, can't afford to live here anymore. You right. know, without you know without some bankrolling. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. It's definitely tough to live here and it's tough to make ends meet. But if you if you're here and you're going to do it, the thing about it is like, be a fucking New Yorker. You know, like you know, it's not about bitching. There was a thing in the Times the other day about you know some guy saying I didn't move here for lattes and bike lanes. Go fuck yourself. You know, like I run a business here. I'm here every day. Every day I'm sweeping up the front of my store and I'm listening to Willie Cologne and I'm arguing with my cab drivers and I'm talking to my neighbors. Be a fucking New Yorker. You know, toughen up, toughen up, and stop crying about it. Create, be an artist. You know, be a part of the community. Be a fucking New Yorker. And that's part of the problem. It's not that, that community that I used to know. Now, I was walking around the East Village on Saturday night, and, and it was crazy. It was like um, a lot of the posts for assholes, unfortunately. Why on God's earth would you want to open up a restaurant in the East Village in 2013? Because just that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm here. You know, I grew up in Brooklyn. You know, we used to hang out in the East Village all the time. Yeah. You know? I, like, I grew up in the East Village. I mean, you know, you know, my adult life was spent there. I was, as a Judy's, where we came up as self-described punk rockers. Right. Well, we started using drugs so early that I think our mental and emotional growth <laughs> stopped at about 13. Yeah, pretty much. So my adult life, I don't think, has really happened yet. <laughs> Something but, to aspire to. <laughs> now, but, but to, to what Paul's saying, I mean, here's the thing. You know, I, I agree with him 100% that all you have is people bitching. You know, you have people, you have new people bitching, old people bitching. But our bitching and, is different. And oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, see, but the yeah. thing is, we're, that's again, anger. This is gonna sound, yeah, it's, no, it's gonna sound, it's gonna sound a little elitist. But I feel like I've, I deserve the uh, ability to bitch about it. Let me tell you something. From we pay here, a fucking you know? high premium to yes, complain exactly. and to be elitist. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I like I, I got the shit kicked out of me one time, and he said to me, "You used to have character, now you got definition." So, you know. I, I have like I have three D you know examples of why I have the ability to to bitch you know. So what's the clientele like over at Exchange Alley on a Saturday night? What's the? I'm actually very blessed with my clientele. Everybody's really cool. You know, they walk through the door and they they get it. You know, I built the place that I wanted to hang out in. You know, and uh, I had a lot of help from Billy Gilroy. He helped me uh, design the place. And the reason the place is so much like me is because of him. Uh, he owns Employees Only, Macau Trading Company, and. We had a great time doing it. I GC'd it. I was there from, you know, the minute I put the key in the door, you know, I never left. And we did everything ourselves. And the clientele gets it. You know, they, they come in and they get it. They get the music. They get the food. They get the staff. And It's very homey. It's very homey, yeah. And your staff is amazing. Your staff, like, is not all, you know, wannabe models like coffee shop or But they are like beautiful. That. They are beautiful. Do, they are not a, an unattractive... Shop. I, well, okay. So I had a Jay McInerney moment here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go 
to nice places that often, but we, you know, they're all, they're all take me somewhere nice, Daddy. I'm gonna take it to Roberta's in a minute. I mean. yeah. <laughs> for free pizza on your dime. But yeah, they're all really sweet. Um, did you? Well, I, think I don't get- have to hand people. Uh, like a manual, you know. Um, the the people that that work there, they've worked with me in the past. They know me. They know who I am, and it's not like I have to give them a manual with like a, the exchange alley ethos in it, you know, and how I want people to be treated. It's very simple, you know. We've all been through it, you know. Once you get the shit kicked out of yourself enough, you know, you treat people like you want to be treated, you know, and that's how it is. You know, it's do unto others. It's very simple. We don't want any kind of attitudes when you walk through the door. Some restaurants you walk in and they and they make you feel like. You know, you're, you're imposing shit, yeah. on them, you know? What was and that? I don't want that. What was that, that deli they used to have in uh, Austin? It was like Schlotzky's Jewish deli. It was like, all the food without the attitude. Right, right. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, motherfucker. I want the attitude. Yeah. <laughs> your, your food's not that good. The least you could do is have a waitress insult me. But you know what? <laughs> you know, like, for all, the, all this, like, salty attitude and everything that I spew all the time, and, uh, you know, it's like... I've I've actually mellowed out a hell of a lot in my life, you know, and I don't I don't want that, you know. Now the things I want in life are very simple, you know, like a good meal, a good time, some good friends, some good wine, you know. Just keep it simple and have it have a nice day, you know. It doesn't really it doesn't really have to be so complicated. Yeah, I've had great experiences at your restaurant. I had um, dinner there a few times. And it was always excellent. I think um, though everywhere in the service industry at large, than the restaurant business in New York, I think people have become more enlightened. I mean, it's just gotten so much better over the last five to ten yeah, years. Because of all the twelve-step plans, we have no choice. <laughs> they fucking drilling in us. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of you know for all for all the debauchery. There's a lot of sobriety yeah. in your business too. Yeah, there's a lot of sobriety. Thank God, I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't. I mean, how how do you manage that? Okay, you guys don't have a full liquor license, which I don't think is. As a drinker, like, I don't think it's missed because you have, like, beer cocktails and stuff. Right. Um, How do you manage being in such a high party industry and stay sober? Uh, You know, it just got to a point where it was just too much. You know, I had to make a decision. Either I was going to live or I was going to live like a cockroach. You know, I decided to live like the way I'm going to live, you know. Plus, I've done it. I've always been a very adventurous guy, you know. So, uh, the adventure is done you know it's like reading a chapter in a book you know like you read a chapter you're not going to keep reading the same chapter over and over and over again right. i want to i want to see what the fuck happens you know so the only way i can see what's going to happen in the adventure is if i put some of it behind me and move to the next chapter you know like i can look at a bag of dope or a bottle of booze and i know exactly what i'm going to get you know but i wake up every day now and i don't know what's going to happen you know i keep moving forward and keep doing different projects and creating and you know, getting in contact with other people, and, and my life just keeps growing and growing and growing, and the adventure's bigger than it ever was. What is your next project? Can we talk about... What? That website. What website? No, we okay. can't talk about that. Okay, well, we can't talk about his exciting new secret project. <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have a bunch of things going on, and I was working on a show with Bourdain, uh, Anthony Bourdain and Tom Clickier. We were doing something a couple of years ago called Work the Line. Um, well, after today's show, that ship has sailed, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> that ship has already sailed. You know, and I don't, I, don't have any, I, don't, I don't have any problems with the guy. You know, I just think, you know, that uh, I, I think that there's, there's plenty of room for another voice. You know, like I kind of had this idea when we started working together that it was going to be more like a David Bowie Iggy Pop kind of thing, you know, where he would kind of walk up and say, hey, come on, let's do something. Let's do it together. And that's how it was in the beginning. But I guess some people, you know, they want to stay on top of the hill and they don't want to invite other people up. But the pie is a big fucking pie, you know, and like, you know, there are plenty. There's plenty of room for plenty of different bands. He plays his music. I want to play my music, you know, and like. You know, right now he's the reigning bad boy for whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> he's, been, you know, he's been the reigning bad boy for quite a while. Right. He's, been and a I think, he's quickly he's longer than he's been. You know, he's quickly cook. becoming the right. Hulk Hogan of this business. Right. You know, yeah. You know, and you know, 
what, what can I say? God bless him. I do know? like but, his thing. You know, obviously, he's turned you know the, his personality um, into, into like an industry. I mean, with every TV show he, he comes out and every cockroach or, or still beating heart of a cobra that he eats. Right. Um, you, know. But, you know, like the, the new show that he's got on, you know, it's supposed to be like Heart of Darkness and everything, you know, but like I... I watched it, and it was more like, uh, you know, if Joseph Conrad wrote that, it would have been, you know, we moved deeper and deeper into the heart of darkness, and then we spent the night at the Four Seasons. <laughs> uh, like, you know, get in there. Where's the fucking adventure? So we're going to make a movie about Martin Sheen going down the river to whack Tony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say, Stay in the boat. The saddest thing about it, the, the whole legacy, though, is, of course, he's taken off, and he's not really involved in his restaurant anymore. But if you ever had um, dinner rest- lately at, at well, Les House, you know. He hasn't cooked has, for years. He hasn't cooked, but it's still. But he's a self-admitted, you, you, you know, know he's a self-admitted hat. That. He's not a very good. It's chef. just incredibly how bad it is, it's right? Just, but, he's, but he admits that, that he admits that that he wasn't he wasn't you know on the top of his game. You know he admits it. He's a writer, you know, and he's a good writer. You know, he's, he's a good writer. And you know, I, I like the guy, and I think he's done some good things. But there wasn't only one fucking band at CBGB's. You know, I mean, it's, it's there's, there's there's plenty of room for everybody. And, you know, that's a fine metaphor too to bring it around to the punk rock thing when we started. You know, you think about the New York punk rock bands, the so-called New York punk rock bands. Um, whether they're from New York or not, like the Talking Heads, like Blondie, um, the, the Ramones, they were all of such different styles. They had television, they had nothing right. to do with each other artistically. What do the Ramones absolutely have to do with a pop band like Blondie or an art band like television or a quirky new wave band from a bunch of art students right. like the Talking Heads? Nothing to do with each other. Right. And yet somehow it all became under the rubric as punk rock. We and all that, kind of dug it. That's one of the things that we were actually missing in cooking because, uh, you know, like this, like getting back to the whole rock and roll and how it's all together and everything. Like, it, it, I feel like chefs really aren't together. You know, you look at something like the James Beard Awards. You know, it would be like, you know, Joey Ramone, like, being like, oh, God, I hope I get a Grammy. You know, like, that was the whole idea why they picked up their instruments, because they couldn't stand that fucking studio, uh, you know, the, the arena rock and all that shit anymore. You know, like, you know, the way I look at a lot of the food out there right now, not so much the food, but the attitude toward food, it's fucking sticks. You know, it's like the band sticks, you know, it's like en- enough with this fucking shit, you know, just shut up and fucking cook, you know, eat. It's not that complicated, you know, it's just food, you know, like, yeah, it's very important and we all need it and it sustains us and there's a lot of great things involved with it. But really, when you get down to it, you know, just enjoy your life and shut the fuck up and stop being so pretentious about it. <laughs> Give me a good pork chop and apply heat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're out of time. Can you believe it? The fastest 30 minutes on uh, the internet today. I'm just getting going. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys definitely have to come back. And uh, to all yeah. you moms out there, happy Mother's Day. For Mike and Judy and Mike Anderson, for Joe the Engineer, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Thank well, you. We got the big ups featuring uh, Joe next week, right? Oh, yeah. Cannot wait. See you We're going to make Joe a rock star. Yeah, baby. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.